to the Be Bold Podcast. My name is Jacob, and I'm the Associate Director at Camp Tomashinga in Junction City, Kansas. And usually, across the table would be sitting Pastor Liz Kosher from First Lutheran in Manhattan. Um, but sadly, she is out of town, so you just get me. Um, this podcast is in partnership with the Central State Senate of the ELCA and Camp Tomashinga. Here on the Be Bold Podcast, we take a look at, at how God is active in our lives through the gifts He has given us. Um, with the acronym BOLD, Begin, Own, Learn, and Do. We take a look at where our journey begins, who helped us own the gifts that we have, how did we learn to best use those gifts, and what are we doing with them now. Each episode, we have a guest with us who shares their story of using God's gifts to serve those around them. And today we have the wonderful Amanda Schwabauer. Um, Amanda is a teacher in the Blue Valley School District in Johnson County, Kansas, um, so why don't we sit back and take a listen. Enjoy. Hello. We are here with Amanda Schwabauer. Hello. Um, coming to you live from Overland Park, Kansas. Um, Amanda, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, of course. Um, Amanda is a teacher yes. here in uh, Johnson County. Um, what school are you at? Yep, I'm at Cedar Hills Elementary. I teach fourth grade out there, so awesome. in the Blue Valley School District. How long have you been doing that? This is my second year. Second so, year only? Yep. yep, still fresh. Is it still. is it off to a good start? Oh, it is. It's going well so far. Second year is always better than the first year, so yeah. we're What's going the strong. biggest difference between year one and two? Year one, you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. Year two, you know a little bit about what you're doing because you've done it before once. So it kind of helps your, you know what to expect a little bit, which yeah. is a lot better. Yeah, so. that's a fair thing. Yeah. Um, let's take it back. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Amanda, outside of teaching. Who are you? What do you like? Um, where are you from? Yeah, so I'm from Kansas City. I grew up here in Overland Park, um, went through the Shawnee Mission School District, Shawnee Mission South, um, grew up going to Holy Cross Lutheran Church, um, and then I went off to K-State, um, where I got my education degree, and then I came back here, where I got the job, um, in Blue Light School District, and now um, I decided I'm currently going um, also now to Holy Cross Lutheran Church, too. So that's awesome. Kind of came back to where I am from. Yeah, full circle. That's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. Um, when you left for K-State, did you know that you wanted to be a teacher? At that time, uh, that's what I thought I wanted. And then kind of through classes, I decided it kind of confirmed that. But um, I think I kind of knew sort of in in elementary school, I thought that's what I wanted to do. No idea. Then I got to high school, had lots of options and kind of you know, you always second guess yourself of like, yeah. uh, do I really want to do this? Um, but that kind of going into college, that's what I thought I wanted to do. So did, did you say that in elementary school, <laughs> you knew you wanted to be a teacher? Yes. How, how is little Amanda, maybe a third grader, how do you envision being a teacher back then? What led to that? I think just looking up to so many of my teachers, I had uh, a lot of teachers that I really loved having and so they had a huge impact on my life which in third grade my nine-year-old self <laughs> eight-year-old self um thought that that was a good idea so and then I kind of going all the way even through middle school and high school it always just stuck in the back of my head that that's kind of what I wanted to do with kind of other options available too but yeah, yeah. what were those other options um I love sports so something to do with sports I thought about doing um like physical therapy I tore my ACL and had to do that so that was 
an option that I would have done then decided it was a lot of science and a lot of things that I wouldn't want to do as much as teaching. So went away from that. Athletic training also was a thought. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, when you were in third grade picturing yourself being a teacher, <laughs> did you have understanding of the gifts that you personally had? Um, or was this just a, wow, my teachers are really cool and I want to be like them? I think at that point, probably just my teachers are pretty cool and I want to be like them. Um, but kind of as going through that middle school, high school where it's conf- – especially high school where I was like my junior and senior year deciding, yeah, I want to be a teacher. Um, I think you kind of sense that like these are my skills. I'm good at – I'm kind of a natural leader in the sense that I like to organize groups and just talk to people and communicate with people. Um, and so those skills kind of helped with that development of wanting to be a teacher. I think, yeah. Yeah. Was there any specific teacher that kind of pointed out those gifts to you along the way or another student or how did you really recognize those in yourself? I'd say definitely coaches Um, through sports. I was able um, to really lead a group like through soccer. I was able to be a captain through volleyball and basketball. I was able to step up. And so I think the coaches really guided me in that way and kind of um, encouraging me and like, yes, you need to step up. You need to be that leader. Um, so I think that sports really helped me kind of see my strengths, um, more so than maybe what I found in the classroom. Um, but through the sports I found it, I think. Yeah. That's really interesting that a whole other side of your life is what brought those gifts out Mm -hmm. of you and the coaches. Is there one coach specifically in one moment you can look back to? I think um, just in soccer, I can think back to um, my coach Gatewood, who um, going through conflict of when you're in a season and things aren't going well and you have to have tough conversations. I can think back to one situation where it was like, you're going to be the one to talk to him about it. You have to rally the team. You know, you have to step up and turn it around. And so I think kind of that coach really believed in me to do it. And so more of just that um, coach's belief that, like, I could do it and that I had the strengths to do that and encouraging me in that fact um, in tough times. So, yeah. 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 Do you take those skills you learned back in sports of having to have those tough conversations? Does that help you in the classroom now? Yes, definitely. I think every day I have a conversation with kids about um, just – and maybe it's not a tough conversation every time, but um, the conversations all the time of communicating like this is what I expect from you or kind of um, this is how we do it in here. And really taking that what my coach told me and believing in me and kind of applying that to the kids, too, of like showing them what I felt sort of thing is kind of what I try to do. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, on the Be Bold podcast, we we really talk about how our faith is intertwined in our, in our work. Um, Mm -hmm. where do you see your faith in action as a teacher? Yeah, I think that's, it's huge. Um, I think one thing, um, that really helps me each week, um, each week I try to reset and every weekend I'm like, okay, what am I going to work on this week? How am I going to really love, um, my kids more and more? Mm. Um, and I think just thinking, 
you know, they might not always deserve it and they might do things that are wrong and they might frustrate me and make me want to pull my hair out. (laughs) But, um, I don't deserve the love that I get either. And so I think just that love, um, and we were just talking about this yesterday, um, at Holy Cross, that agape love of like that godly love that really we don't deserve it either, but yet God still loves us and still died for us to forgive our sins. So I think sharing that with our kids of like, no matter how frustrating they are to me, I still can have that patience to really calm down and just teach them those lessons and how to get through it. So I think it has a huge part in it, whether now I'm telling them directly, I'm in a public school, so I can't necessarily share exactly what I believe in God and Jesus and all of that. But I think that I don't have to, to really show them my faith that I can show them through my actions and through my words. So yeah. You definitely hit me with those goosebumps of the Holy Spirit over here. That was that's really cool to hear, Amanda. Um, thanks for what you do. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What is yeah. the one thing this week that you're gonna work on for yeah. yourself? Have you thought about that on this extended weekend? Yes, I have. Yesterday I was thinking about this, um, and this week it's a specific student that I can't share about, but just a specific student that I need to reach to really notice each and every day to do a better job of um, encouraging them and building their confidence and just making sure that I am there for them 100% that they're this particular student is going through a lot and um, oftentimes I need more patience with this student so this week my goal is to have that patience um, with that child and really support them um, in every way that I can so having my goal is to have that conversation, have a conversation with them at the beginning of each day and at the end of each day to follow up and really um, talk to them and just kind of make a point of letting them know that I care. So, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So you yeah. have the same kids all day long? Yes. I have 26 kids. So 26 fourth graders or 10. Um, yeah. So I have them all day long. Uh, we have, so I teach every subject, math, reading, writing, social studies, and science. So we do that all day long, all year. It's a great time, yeah. Do you have a favorite subject to teach them? Uh, I love to teach math. It's just that was my favorite subject growing up, and so I like teaching math. I don't, yeah, that I like all of the subjects, but I think math is my favorite just because there's so many different ways that they can solve the problems and think about it, and a lot of the times, too, students don't like math as much um some of them just kind of shut down so it's fun when they actually enjoy it and you kind of see those little victories which yeah. is fun yeah. yeah how many fourth grade teachers are there in your school there are five fourth grade teachers in my wow. school and we each have about 26 kids that's a lot of kids so there's a lot of a big school um we have yeah about 125 per in our grade wow. so lots of students wow. yeah What's the community like between the five of you fourth grade teachers? Is it tight? Do you guys talk about your goals and what you want to do each week, that kind of thing? We, I haven't shared with them that I have goals each week, um, but I would say that we have a fairly close relationship. Um, we'll sometimes hang out outside of school, um, but I think we have a really, it's a really strong working relationship and we all respect each other. Um, there's a first year teacher and then I'm a second-year teacher, and the other three um, have been there for a little while. And so I think even though they're older and have been there and know, um, kind of have that, um, 
knowledge of being there just for a long time, uh, they still respect us and kind of let us share what we're doing. So do they still act as mentors? Yes. Yes, definitely. I think they definitely mentor me. I try to help the first year teacher of, you know, this is what I, this is what I went through last year. You can do it. Um, so, but yeah, they're definitely mentors to us, which is awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything you would say to a, a student coming out of high school um, trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Um, if you could give them one piece of advice moving forward, what would you what would you tell them? Yeah, I think um, going coming out of high school is a hard time because you have the world in front of you of like I can choose whatever I want to do, and my parents aren't here, so I can do whatever I want. Um, so I think it's important just as you're going into college to kind of explore what do I want, kind of take the chance to see, okay, maybe I didn't grow up doing this, or maybe I had something different, because I think it's important for you to really understand it for yourself, um, and really find out who you are and what you want to do, and so really taking that time to reflect and kind of just enjoy that time and think about it, and not try to get too caught up on, I have to decide now what I want to do for the rest of my life, (laughs) because you you don't, (laughs) so I think that's really important to just kind of take that time to slow down and just enjoy and really explore different opportunities so yeah yeah well thanks for what you do thank you for being role models to our youth and the future of (laughs) of our um community Um, yeah it's an awesome awesome thing of you way to use your gifts in a in a good way um and thanks for joining us here on this podcast amanda yeah you're welcome thanks for having me It is so wild to me that Amanda has wanted to be a teacher from from the time she was so young and had people around her all growing up that were able to foster those gifts um, that it takes to be a teacher. I remember being in third grade myself, and I don't know, I probably wanted to be a pilot or a football player or anything that's not a camp guy. Um, So it's just really cool to see that story of, hear that story of somebody wanting to grow up from from third grade all the way on just because those role models she saw in the classroom but what really sticks out to me about the story amanda shared is the way that she lives her life um it's with such an awesome uh way of grace in the classroom she tells a story of of a student that really just kind of drives her insane but each day she'll come in with a new attitude of grace towards that kid and all of the kids and really gives those kids a chance to succeed it'd be real easy to come in and already have those kids shut out for the day and um, just not give them the chance that they deserve to really grow in the classroom. And that is something so simple that we can do in our lives. Um, Just to be an example of grace to those who are around us and dragging us down. Um, Forgiveness, just as God has forgiven us. Another thing we do here on the Be Bold podcast is dive deep into the readings um, for each Sunday. Um, And this is usually what Liz does, um, but I get to give my go at it today. Liz has sent me some notes to use, which will be great because she is far more gifted in understanding and reading the Bible. Um, But today's readings come from 1 Corinthians as well as Luke. Um, The reading from Corinthians is the love chapter. You often hear it at weddings, Um, so we'll dive on in. Uh, It starts at 
chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully. Even as I have been fully known, and now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. And the reading from Luke comes from chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were so amazed at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless, you will quote me to this proverb. Doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was severe famine all over the land, yet Elijah was sent to none of them except a widow, Zarephath, in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman in Syrian. When they heard this, and all the synagogues were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow on the hill on which their town was built, so, they, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. First of all, I just want to give a shout-out to Liz for reading those so good every time. Um, but let's dive into it. These readings came from the Revised Common Lectionary for the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. And the writers of our scriptures must have known that this church thing was going to be tough. Loving one another in the church, truly loving one another, was not going to be an easy feat for the disciples. Our job here on the Be Bold podcast is to examine the lives of disciples in our church today and ask how the story of scripture weaves together the story of vocation. When reading the gospel lesson today... I realized that Jesus himself had, sh- had his own journey of vocational discernment. And there were parts of that journey that were a struggle. 
This isn't a perfect comparison to our scripture, but when I read the gospel, I pictured Jesus as this enthusiastic college kid who's been spending a semester having his mind opened by great classes and challenged by awesome teachers. Then on Thanksgiving break, he has come back home and he has the proverbial college kid experience, arguing with your family around the dinner table about politics and religion. Jesus realizes that the place he grew up, the place he called home, was no longer a place he could accept things without question. He probably realized that he was the one who had grown and changed. I know when I experienced this myself, I grieved because I no longer had the exact same values and beliefs as the people I loved. Now I give thanks because my family and I are still close despite differences in beliefs. And I'm thankful they didn't try to run me off a cliff like Jesus' crowd did. But sometimes a vocational journey makes you question where you came from and challenges the assumptions you once held dear. Vocational journeys often take you and probably should take you to new places, but this can mean letting go of something from your past. I find this especially applicable when working with older kids and young adults. They start to feel guilty when their parents' dreams and their own dreams begin to diverge. They start asking questions about their faith that they never had before or never able to. Jesus most likely had a moment of grief that day in the synagogue when his hometown did not accept him. But he found a community of disciples that supported him in his vocational path. Of course, we cannot ignore in the scripture that Jesus was giving his listeners some hard lessons. It is a good reminder that the life of a disciple, the life of faith, isn't always easy or popular. Disciples must sometimes name truths that people don't want to hear. Paul knew his audience in his first letter to the Corinthians was going through the difficulties of being this new church of disciples. So we get this incredibly beautiful but difficult lesson of love. While we often hear this reading in the context of a wedding, celebrating the romantic love between two people, Paul meant this. Paul meant for his church to hear this lesson that loving one another, truly loving one another, was not an easy thing. He is reminding his disciples that the work they are doing is most fully realized when it is done in the spirit of love. And not just any kind of love. This is the real, deep, messy kind of love. The unconditional love that God shows to us. It is disciples grown and sown in love above all else that builds the church. Paul knew that the disciples weren't always going to have it easy. After all, Jesus himself got run out of town. But Paul does equip the disciples with the stuff that matters, knowing that love for one another is the mortar that builds our church. So we as the church continue to nurture our disciples. We remember that the mark of a disciple is love above all else. Above Sunday school lessons or spectacular choir performances or balanced budgets or whatever other ministry markers we might get hung up on. So our challenge to you this week is to think of a young disciple you know. Um, Maybe it's your child or a niece or nephew. Maybe a teacher or a pastor. And think about the values you have in common and some places that you might be different. And rather than try to resolve those differences, simply seek to understand that person with a heart of love. Thank you, Pastor Liz, for those those words. Um, this was another great episode of the Be Bold Podcast. I look forward to 
having Liz back across the table. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. Um, you can find us on our Facebook page, Camp Tomashinga, or on our website, tomashinga.com. And as it is now February, um, start to think about registering your camper for camp. Um, we have camps for ages 1st grade through 12th grade, um, service camps, uh, day camps, camps here on site, all of which for your youth to participate in. We would love to see you guys this summer. Um, that's another registration you can find on Tomashinga.com. And until then, enjoy some beautiful weather after this polar vortex, and see you next week. Mm-hmm.